Welcome back, boys and girls and nerds of all ages. You are listening to Views from the Back of the Class. I am one half of your co-host and team. Allow me to reintroduce myself. My name is J. Jonah Brickman, but you can call me JB. And I'm here with... Hi, my name is... What? My name is... My name is... Josh, you guys know me. And we have a special guest with us this week. Friend of the podcast, G. Smith. G. Say what's up to the people. What's happening, people? What's going on? What's going on? Man, let me say, first of all, we really uh, appreciate you hanging out with us this week. We're going to get into some some good stuff. There might have been a small movie that came out recently that, you know, we could talk about. A little little small thing. Uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. I don't know if you heard of it or not, but, you know, we might spend a little time talking about that one. Yeah. yeah okay, cool. I, I think I heard something about that. Yeah, I know. I, I know it's a small one, but, you know. That's an ind- that was an independent film, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. wasn't in too many theaters. Low budget, no stars. It was aight, but you know. Now you're not talking about Dark Phoenix, right? It sounds like you're talking about Dark Phoenix. <laughs> that train wreck. <laughs> and even though you were technically wrong about it coming out, I think you should have been right. They should have never released that. They should have never released nah. it. Not at no. all. No, you know they changed the ending. And it's yeah, still, and the movie was still Trizash. Yeah. <laughs> all that, all that extra money, all that extra money for nothing. I'd be willing to watch the, the original ending though. Like at some point for free. Um, I'm not, I've already put my, my time in, didn't want to see it. And I will, uh, uh, you'd have to pay me to watch, watch it again. Dang. Yeah. Well, we, we appreciate your sacrifice. Ah, somebody's got to do it. Right, right, do the right. stuff for you guys, for our listeners. We, the things I put myself through for you guys. <laughs> you sound so enthused about that. <laughs> I did not want to see that movie. A friend of mine texted me. He wanted to really go see it. Did not want to see it. Being the good friend that I am, I went to go see it. And then he was late. And I was like, this dude better show up for this movie. Because otherwise, I would not have come except for him. Then he showed up, and and then the rest is history. Terrible, terrible movie. How did this get made history? Dang. Tell them how you really feel. (laughs) Fair enough. I'll say let the people decide. There has been definitely mixed reviews. Uh, The reason why it sounds like I'm dancing all over the subject is because I am, full disclosure, I have not seen it. That's a good use of your time. There's better things to do. You can go to the dentist. Dang. (laughs) Yeah, like, it's so many better things to do than to go see that movie. Well, how about this? Because I'm getting depressed thinking about that nonsense. (laughs) Is there anything going on that's newsworthy right now that you can think of? We got a lot of things to discuss in Nerd News. We have better movie to discuss um, later in the show. Okay. So what what I did see, this other movie, (laughs) uh, the other one that's probably never going to come to fruition is The Flash. Apparently they got a new director. Uh this guy Andy Muchetti. Still doing that? I can't say that I'm familiar with his work in that he's been known more for uh horror stuff. Um not really my bag at all. 
But it doesn't matter because a Flash movie is never going to happen. At all. At all. I don't see it. Because when you think the Flash, you think horror. I mean, it could work, right? Look at what the Russo brothers did coming from the world of comedy. But I just, I don't think the movie is going to happen just because Flash doesn't appear to be, you know, high on a list of priorities. And, you know, where do they, what story do they even tell at this point? And it's gone through so many changes that I just don't see it. I don't see anything coming of that. But a movie that is coming out and coming out very, very soon. It's an animated film. But one of my favorite graphic novels of all time being made into an animated feature, Batman Hush. Uh, It is going to make its debut at San Diego Comic Con, which I think is going to be dope. And I'm halfway hating that I can't make it again. (laughs) Like millions of other people, I'm sure. But, you know, you do have the benefit that somebody who did make it is probably going to leak it on the Internet. So, I mean, I know you don't want to watch a bootleg copy, but not at all. We have views from the back of the class do not support bootlegging in any shape, form <laughs> or fashion, except for when we be bootlegging music for our intro. But that's another story. That's more of a trip. That's more of a tribute. That. Something that I thought was incredibly hilarious. <laughs> Kevin Feige. Big time Marvel executive, you know, major architect within this this universe that we've all come to know and love. Sits down and does an end up interview with BET. <laughs> what do those, these two things come? <laughs> the formerly black entertainment television. Yes, the yes one sir. and only. Huh? Well, what do you know? Uh, why I don't know, but they made it happen. And um, apparently there was talk of Ironheart and and uh, Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And he ain't really give a definitive answer on either one of them, right? Most of these Feige quotes really that does. you get, you, you, he's not committal to most of that. I just thought it was right. hilarious that he was talking to BET. Kind of bugs me, to be honest. Because it's, it's, <laughs> it bugs you that Feige was talking to BET? Not so much that he was talking to BET, but there is a, a new wave of like ownership of characters that people have not really had investment in. So where there is... It's kind of a good thing, right? Because you're getting more people involved in uh, reading comics and supporting comic stores, which I'm all about. But ever since, I don't know, like February 2018, it seems like, you know, as more and more people just just grab gravitating toward Marvel Comics in particular and anything. That's not I, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, when you when you get people invested in something, I mean, Black Panther was literally a movement. Very much so. Very much so. There were, uh, I believe the word is throngs of people going to see it. So, I mean, it was, it was, I mean, they were coming out dressed uh, like they were going to uh, to a, 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 a preview of, of uh, Coming to America. <laughs> right. There was a lot of, right. there's a lot of ethnic right. garb, I believe the uh, terminology is. So, it's not a bad thing to get Feige. I, honestly, I think it's a step up for BET. Um, gives them a little bit more credibility. Of course, you know, in, in, in news media, you got to follow the trends. But That's I don't right. see much wrong with it, man. Especially when you can get Feige to at least come and talk about the impact of a, of a Black Panther. And, you know, probably possibly the direction that they're that they're thinking about going. That part is dope. I, I do agree with you in that, that BET getting Feige was, was a big get, I think. And that's that's good, you know, for for the, you know, extending uh, your audience. Um, I guess where I take issue and I have taken issue is that uh, people are 
very isolated in their support, I suppose. And I guess if you're going to support anything, right, you should support the black characters. But I mean, yeah, first. (laughs) (laughs) I guess my issue is it becomes um, it becomes to the point or it comes to the point that people are not really respecting the tapestry of everything else that's involved. It's just like, yo, if it if it ain't Black Panther is whack. And just just super, super pro black in, in a space that is not necessary and it's not really uh it's, it can be kind of tone deaf in some ways. It's 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 similar to the argument that I've heard made um about a potential white Black Panther, right? Like how you could just slide another actor in that ain't black. And it what that says to me is that you do not understand what this character is about. And that's what I've gotten from a lot of people. Uh, we'll call them the BET crowd that don't fully understand, you know, what's happening wait, wait, wait. in this world. I don't mean to cut you off. You're blowing my mind. A white Black Panther? Oh, yeah. You've never heard this? What, what, why would it just be like a white tiger? Why wouldn't they just come up with their own thing? Because it is um, in certain people's minds, it doesn't it doesn't make a difference who you put in place for a character, it should be based on the quality of the work and not necessarily the ethnicity of the actor or actress playing the role. Oh, okay, okay. In some cases, in some cases, I agree. Black Panther is not one of those cases. His his background is very integral to the character, right? He is an African king. It don't really work to cast Brad Pitt in his role. No, no, no. I can't see it. But I think, I think, I think what people, I'm not, I mean, I don't know, you know, specifically where you got the quote or the thought, but I, I would think that people would, would look at Black Panther and be able to see themselves um, in some form of fashion. Same way that, that people, when they watch Superman, um, not, not, uh, not the latest incarnation, but. Uh, Christopher Reeves. <laughs> when people watch Superman, they felt like they could be super. You know what I'm saying? It it made mm-hmm. them want to aspire to be um, that character, black, white, any any race, any creed, color. So right. I think it should be leaning more towards that way than a necessarily okay. This movie or this character needs to represent this race. I mean, but I, I do understand it, it was it was absolutely fantastic to see. All of my, my my big time black actors and actresses in, in such a huge Marvel movie. Um, at the same right. time, I could you know I've seen videos or reactions where little kids were like, "Well, I want to you know I want to be Black Panther. Or I want to be Shuri. I want to be uh, Killmonger." Right. You know what I'm saying? And, and right. they don't they don't look at color. They don't look at shade. They just they see the power or that, you know what I'm saying? That that character had an impact. I think, I think the biggest thing is, is does this character have an impact on you and how does right. it impact you? And, and then we take it from there. Agreed. I, I think that that should be the case. 98% of the time. Right. The only time that I would challenge it is if this person's background is somehow integral to that character. That's where I would, push back but i i'm not so hard and staunch in my idea that i can't be swayed to think differently now in the case of black panther yeah i'm that's that's a hard pass right that that's got to be <laughs> that's got to be a black actor <laughs> yeah 
But there are other characters where it doesn't it doesn't necessarily matter. Right. Look at Nick Fury, for instance. Right. It, Samuel L. Jackson could work just as well as, you know, any other middle age actor. Quick question, though, in regards to recasting, which is is not going to happen anytime soon, realistically. But in the event that some people's argument that you can recast Black Panther, are you talking about a total like retcon of the history or are you talking about something happening to T'Challa and then someone else becoming Black Panther? I don't know that the conversation got that deep. I can think of a personal conversation where this came up and then just a random Internet person. And in both cases, I don't believe the argument was genuine. Mm -hmm. I think that they were using that as an example to make a larger point which gotcha didn't really land in either case yeah that's that's not a solid it's not solid footing at all like this is not right. the hill to die on no but it's a thing like anytime you make you know changes like that which i personally don't see as drastic changes as long as they make sense correct that's the thing as long as it makes sense correct which kind of leads us into a, a one that i thought was was somewhat mild and and really <laughs> not much to talk about at all has kind of generated a firestorm with this uh little mermaid thing i didn't know there were so many diehard fans out there <laughs> hey jb you yeah. do you think that when we started this podcast we'd be talking about the little mermaid not at all <laughs> did I, you ever <laughs> think that would be be one of our, the subjects we cover i did not oh, and geez. even and even when we put it in nerd news i literally thought it would be a two-minute you know, hit like, hey, look out for this. But uh, yeah, it, it has uh, stirred some controversy out there in the Internet world and apparently has made it into the real world, too. So I'm going to step back uh, and allow uh, Josh and, and G. Smith. You all had some uh, some thoughts about that, that the people need to be privy to. So let me shut my mouth. I just don't understand if you've never seen a mermaid besides an animated edition. Why does it have to be that animated I don't, I, incarnation? I, I don't understand that. Why? Why is there such a fuss that they've decided to go with a, a a black female lead for a mermaid? For for something that doesn't exist? Yes. Uh, because it's the same reason people had an issue with anytime you cast a traditionally white character as a member of another race, people have issues with it. Big time. Um, my issue, yeah, I'm not, I'm actually not a fan of the casting, but I have different reasons for that. I could care less about what color they are. Um, it's just, for me, in the time period that this movie takes place in the part of the world that it takes place in, not really a great time for black people. So, like, unless you're going to be addressing issues on the screen and the story about you know prejudice and slavery during the time frame why would you you know cast someone black because you know because they're not looking at the the 1700s or whatever ain't no way in the world a, a, a white prince gonna end up with a black woman it's not, not gonna happen not to marry her black and black in color perhaps but realistically, she's just a Cajun fish. <laughs> Cajun fish. So you're talking about so she's just Creole, huh? That that's it. I mean, dude, her best friend is a Jamaican crab. 
it makes more sense to to have a, a, a dark skin female lead. Now again, I mean, it, it doesn't make sense at all because the movie's supposed to take place in Europe, not the United States. And I don't just to interject. I don't know what the time period is going to be. Um, I know the original story was written, you know, from centuries ago. I can't even say for sure when it was set in the in the animated film. But let's say they modernize it, right? It's off the coast of. If they modernize it, then it's off the coast of Canada. (laughs) So it's so it's definitely Caribbean fish. Yeah, that's real. You're gonna have some great scenes of uh, Caribana in there. <laughs> oh man, that makes me think, though. I guess it does kind of matter where they where they set the film. Let's say it is your perhaps your, a bit, but but even even still, okay, that was a rough time for black people. You can put rough. that into the movie. You know what I'm saying? Not a, Racial not a tension, yeah. and she just not understanding. Like, what do you mean? I'm a fish. I'm not black. Like, right. I mean, I don't understand that. And I can't talk to you. Like that would be yeah. that that'd be an interesting aspect. I, I'm not sure that Disney is ready no. <laughs> to take no. an animated no. film uh, no, in that no. direction. Here's the thing, and and not to flaunt my knowledge of uh, the Little Mermaid, but Ariel huh. couldn't even understand what a fork was used for. She's not going to understand racial tension. That's She's what he's saying. Be like exactly. Disney's not going to do it. They're no. not going to do it because it's going to make too many people uncomfortable. But here's my thing. And it's not a, great, it not a great business move to do, do that anyway, to be honest. Correct. Right. And if they don't do it correctly, all of the goodwill and, and things that they've established in the black community, like uh, Feige sitting down with BET, I think could be gone overnight. Plus the overzealous folk. Those people <laughs> would be kind of like pissed off, too. But here's my thing. You can't claim it just because it looks like like that. And then, oh my God. dude, so many people have made that mistake of looking at a person's skin color, uh, designating them as a particular race and then asking them or something finally comes out. And they're like, no, I'm black. Like there, there's this. This reminds me. There's this episode of Seinfeld where Elaine mm-hmm. thought that she was dating a black guy, mm-hmm. but he yeah. said he was white <laughs> <laughs> by the end. So, the, I mean, <laughs> this documented uh, uh, footage of of things like this happened. It's it's a fish. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that you thought that she was a white fish coming from a white home with a white king and 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 a white mother. Like, I'm sorry. Okay, let's move on because they casted the best the the best actress that they felt um, was 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 right for the role. Let's move on. Right, she's a young actress. She's coming up. She can sing, which I think would be kind of important in a role like this. I got no beef with it. I don't really care mm-hmm. to be honest. I'm like Little Mermaid ain't for me. Right. I know it's not for me, so I don't I'm not really that invested in it, but right. I found it interesting that people had such a harsh reaction or such a exaggerated reaction really on one side or the other. Um, I'm like, really, that's what you're going to extend energy mm-hmm. arguing about when Stranger Things just came out? Like, we got other things to talk about here. <laughs> Maybe it's me. Right. I think part of the issue, at least for me, right, is just the the era that the movie set in. If it's portrayed like everything's, you know, rosy, I think that's the issue I would have with them 
casting someone who's black. I can see it. that. Can I, I can, can I say that. that? So you want twelve years of mermaid? No, I don't care. I'm just saying if you're gonna if you're gonna cast someone a black actress to be in a movie taking place in the 1700s or whatever, 16 late 16 early 1700s, you can't ignore what's happening at the t- at the time. You can't have her, you know, popping her head out the sea, looking at at the prince's ship while the Amistad is going past. You can't do that unless you address it. So. <laughs> that's that's the only issue I have with it. Does it have it's, to be addressed? Does it have to be the Amistad going by? I mean, there's a lot of ships in the ocean at the time. I mean, I don't really give a crap which ship it is. I'm just I'm just saying that it's hard to have them cast something or do something like that in a period. It's kind of like it would it would definitely be akin to trying someone trying to make like a buddy cop film during the Civil War. One guy's white and one guy's black. And everything's hunky dory. Nah, it's not. That sounds like an SNL sketch, right? You know, they kind of address something similar in time because they had a black like, they had a black character in there, right? And he didn't want right. to go and, at this particular time, right? Well, it wasn't he? What didn't want to go? He was like, hey, if we go, like there are things I have to worry about. You guys are good. I still have to worry about certain things, right? So. I might not make it out, right? So that's the thing. Is like, you know, that's a, a forty-five minute. TV show with like a two million dollar per episode budget. We're gonna talk. We're talking about a movie that's gonna have a multi million dollar budget and, and is realistically probably gonna be a make multi million dollars. But you know, it's certain things in in the timing of the the story that you know you can't by casting someone black you can't not address it. Sure, you can. You just change the setting. It, Right, that, but that's what I'm saying. So if you change the setting, so if it's if it's current, who cares? Right. If it takes place today and you get rid of the prince and he's like the president's son or the prime minister's son or whoever, mm. who cares? doesn't matter. Somebody's going to care. If you purposely, well, people are going to care just for, for the fact that Ariel's white and she has red hair and all this other stuff. And now she's black and her hair is like kinky. That's why people would care. And you listen to the show. We, you know how we feel about people like that. So if it's if it's a modern day thing, who who gives a crap? Right. I think that you know it's it it just goes to show, you know, this is exactly the same thing that keeps happening. And and uh, sorry to the listeners that this keeps coming up, but this keeps coming up. Hey, get you control know, of your fandom. Tell people to stop acting foolish. That's pretty much it, right there. That's pretty much it, right there. Like, look, the world is is different than. Maybe we thought it once was right. It is. It it includes more than just one group of people, and the artist beginning to reflect that. Um, and I understand that that makes some people uncomfortable. But the question then probably should be why? Why does this bother you so much? Hey, now again, no. I agree with people. If if there is a reason that this character needs to belong to a particular group. I can understand why that would cause some controversy, but in this case, she's a mermaid dog. Like <laughs> <laughs> they don't exist. They don't exist. They're so. not real. <laughs> <laughs> so who's to say what a mermaid actually looks like? Like why is that an issue? Oh, they straight up should look like monsters. Truthfully, dude, like the the nastiest teeth. Right. Like they should be yeah. disgusting. Like scary. It should be yeah, like the like thing from the shape of water. Slimy. Oh geez, that stupid movie. There you go. But that's what it, that's what it typically should look like. You would think. Makes sense to me. I'm very curious who they gonna who they gonna cast as her father. <laughs> yeah, it'd be interesting. 
I mean, I don't really care that much, but it'd be interesting. The conversation has become interesting to me. I, I think I care more about the conversation than I do the movie. <laughs> but yeah, that was way more time than I anticipated spending on this. <laughs> but I know if you would have told me if you would have told me that we'd be discussing the Little Mermaid for like over five minutes or one minute, I'd be like, "What?" I mean, yeah, it, it did. It did spawn a social conversation. So it did. It always it did. does, though. It did. And you know, what's funny to me is like, is this this seems bigger than the conversation about Sam becoming Captain America? It seems like people are more okay with that than this this is like a bigger issue and then that was just kind of like oh he's the new captain america okay that's hmm. not what i got you felt like that was a black white issue or was that, that was that yeah. more of a friend friend working partner kind of issue no, like friend think, like friend from from a long time ago to friend now kind of kind of fight no it, it depends on who you talk to i suppose i've seen that argument I tend to see that as a mask for something else. Hmm. But I think what was a, where you were able to kind of end that conversation pretty quickly was there was basis in the comic book for that happening, right? It wasn't like Marvel Studios created right. this concept. This was something that had already happened. So when people were getting mad about it, I was like, all right, you mad, but this is this is comic accurate. So what's your beef? But I... Why would you want why would you want someone to have Captain America powers who you can read a grocery list to and he he flips? Exactly. I don't understand that. Like, I'm going to give him that kind of power. Come on, man. And Bucky knows this. And Bucky knew this. That's why he. Yeah. He was. That's why I gave him the head. Yeah. He was like, this is for you. I'm good. Mm -hmm. I still got a (laughs) I still got therapy. Uh, Right. (laughs) Two days a week. Get this straight. I'm hurting right now, man. You go mm-hmm. ahead. Yeah. Plus, you got to leave the Thunderbolts. <laughs> I'm never letting that go. I'm sorry. Until it happens. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Phase four announcements that are coming out in Hall H this year. You heard it here first. The Thunderbolts are going to happen, and the Winter Soldier is going to lead them. So, you think it's going to be a movie or a TV show? I think it's going to be a, a movie. Series. I think it's going to be a movie. It should, it, be be, it should be a I show. It should be a show. It should be a show. If they do it, it'll be a show. It should be a show. It should definitely be a show. Because that'll be a way to spin off from uh, the Bucky and... and uh, Falcon. Yeah. They're going to change the name of that. Yeah. They no, have to. Not. They have to. No, they're not. They're not. I. You know why? I, because not that we're turning this back into a speculation episode, but I think there's going to be... I think Marvel's going to address kind of the, the issue with Sam taking on the Captain America mantle in that show. I think it's going to be a part of the plot on who the new Captain America is going to be. And I think they're going to try to make a little commentary on it as part of the show. So I think that's why you have Winter Soldier and the Falcon instead of, you know, Cap and Winter Soldier or something like that. I don't. But I, I, I think it was called Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we know who was in it, but they had not yet revealed the, the changing yeah, of the guard. Because you know, even if you look at that logo, that logo was whack. Well, they they're supposed to be yeah, it was they're supposed to be announcing their lineup from what I was told uh, this month. Yep, mm-hmm. we'll find out everything. And we keep going back to Endgame. I just wanted to talk about this for a couple of minutes. Yep. What do you guys think about those extra scenes for Endgame? Never, I didn't it, see them. I didn't go back because I was like, you know what, I'm not. 
I'm not going back to sit through a three hour movie that I've already done a couple times for end scenes. Like if you're going to add new scenes into the movie or whatever, like George Lucas did, but hopefully better. I'm cool with that. I'll go back and sit through that, but not for the end scenes. Well, two reasons. I think they wanted you to come back because they wanted more of your money. Correct. Mm -hmm. In order to get you there, they said, hey, we've got these uh, new scenes that we didn't put in a movie, but. If you if you don't come, I mean, we still want your money, because uh, later this month <laughs> you can you can buy it and it'll have all the content. Right, exactly. D- and do you guys know what the scenes were? I chose not to look it up. I know yeah. it was implied that the there was something with the Hulk. I I was yeah. trying not to get involved because I intend to I watch you. it. I don't, I don't want to know. I think they had one with Tony's daughter. She was older. That wasn't in a spoiler alert. Here's the scene. Because you can go on YouTube. It's on YouTube now because everything leaks. There was like a four-minute tribute to Stan Lee, which should have been in the original cut, which was actually really nice to watch. And then like a minute scene of the Hulk rescuing people from a fire. That's it. From a fire? Yes. Like a random fire? Yep, like a building fire. Hmm. Carl Winslow is in it, but other than that, I don't understand why... I think this was a misstep on Marvel's part. Wait a minute, I'm sorry. Like, did you just try to brush over that Carl Winslow was in it? <laughs> yeah, I did. I, I'm sorry, we can't just brush by that. I'm gonna, sure I'm gonna can. need a bit of an explanation. He was like, um, like a fire chief or something. So it was like a five alarm fire, whatever you want to call it. And there's people in the building. Hawk busts in, saves them, puts them in, in a satellite dish, and jumps off the building. Wow. And then he gets a phone call, and that's it. It's just a really dumb scene for them to tell, you know, be like, oh, man, we got new scenes or putting we're re-releasing in game with new footage, blah, blah, blah. That ain't it. <laughs> That's like the Stanley stuff should have been, you know, that should have been in the original cut. This this Hulk scene. Terrible. Can I can I argue with you on that point? Go ahead. I'd like to ring my bell. I don't agree that the Stanley footage should have been in there. I think it was emotional enough. I'm still reeling, personally. Um, And I'm not an emotional guy. I felt that mess. Especially, I mean, we'll talk about it later, but especially once once we got into Spider-Man, I felt it again. Mm -hmm. The Stan Lee stuff, like when when they did the thing in the very beginning. The Captain Marvel? No, no, no. It was uh, Endgame. No, it was was Captain Captain Marvel. Endgame didn't have it. That was just Captain I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When they put his cameo in there. Do I have that right? Oh, okay. Yeah. When they put his cameo in there, I was like, okay, you know, we know that this is it. By the time you right. get to the end of Endgame, no pun intended, you're so drained, you know, just mentally, emotionally. I wouldn't have been able to watch four minutes of Stan Lee uh, tribute footage. Honestly, I think it should have stayed on the DVD, personally. I don't. I. I just. Dude. I'm. Everybody was wiped out, and they knew it. They knew yeah. it. They couldn't put that. Yeah. They could have put it before the movie. Uh, like you mean, like a little trailer, almost or something. Yeah, like right before. Because because the thing with Captain Marvel, I thought that um the tribute to Stanley at the beginning of Captain Marvel was awesome, and I think that's something yeah, that they should have done. I agree. I think they should have kept it at least to end the phase. You know. But I guess I because I haven't seen the footage, it's hard for me to say where where it could have gone. Because I don't know what it actually looks like. It's it's just footage of all his cameos and behind the scenes from from uh, Iron Man through 
uh, Endgame. Hmm. So they took it off YouTube. I've seen that video already. Yeah, I think I'd rather have seen that with as like a special feature. I'm I'm I don't think that that's something that could have necessarily been in the original. Like I wouldn't have been mad if they did it, but I don't feel like it had to be there. Is it worth the the cost of admission again? Probably not. No, it's not. No, and that's and that's what I was saying. I think it was a misstep by by Marvel to do this and not release anything like substantial. Well, let me ask you this: how how would they have gotten you back into the movie theater? If they said, you know, we're adding on to the movie, you know, we're we're putting scenes back in and things like that, I'm definitely in there, you know. Cause if, but that'd have been a different movie. I know exactly what the answer is. Specifically, what what it would have been that got you back in the theater. <laughs> What's that? The Hulk getting his butt kicked by Thanos again? No, not not even that. If they if that wasn't in there, I still would have gone to go see it. Um, lies, it was, lies. That's all you've been talking about. Because it needed to happen. <laughs> but <laughs> but in this case, you know, if it was actually you know them adding things to the movie, so that the actual movie runtime you know went from like three hours and five minutes to three hours and twelve minutes or whatever, three hours and fifteen. Right. I would have I would have gone back to see it because I would have been like, okay, what are they putting in that adds to the storyline or helps us understand something more or feel something more in the movie versus like an end scene? Oh, and I forgot the other end scene in the movie. There was one which was just the which led into Far From Home, which was when uh, spoiler alert, guys, um, if you haven't seen Far From Home, go ahead and jump. Uh, jump ahead to the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> But the scene they also included was the scene of Nick Fury and Maria Hill meeting Mysterio in Mexico. Ooh. And I think that's in the trailer. But that was too. in the... That's dope. Exactly. But that was also was in the available. beginning of the movie. Was, I haven't seen this footage that you're talking about. But was that same scene in the beginning of the movie? Oh, no, it, was it wasn't. It wasn't. No, you're right. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, it was, it was in the beginning of Far From Home. Those three things together aren't worth, you know, another 30 bucks to go see the movie or another three hours of my time. 30 bucks? Whew. Yeah, man. Is that is that for two tickets plus popcorn? Two tickets. Two tickets. Popcorn's usually free. Free. Josh be going to them uh them high end theaters, man. Complimentary. <laughs> they they be putting you on them. Uh, that's what I'm saying. That's how you know you're balling when you get them complimentary popcorns. Hey, man, you got AMC Stubbs is a wonderful thing. Can I throw this out there? Please do. I think they would have gotten people back into back to the film had they taken thirty minutes out, and they would have been yeah. like. Guess what we took out? <laughs> like, right? <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll give you like a uh, like the the first person to name everything that we took out. You know what I'm saying? You get tickets to Far From Home free or something. You know what I'm saying? Something crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like, just take thirty minutes out. Just just mess with people's heads. Like, man, <laughs> his thirty minutes like is is not as long as as it was originally. I gotta see this. Right, mm-hmm. see what what was taken out and how it affects the story, dude. That'd be crazy. I still wouldn't have went. I still wouldn't have went. I'd have had to have somebody else tell me about it. I might have went, dude. Or just wait the next day and watch it on YouTube because that's that's what happens. <laughs> right. That's why I was talking to somebody from another podcast and I was like, "Yeah, I'm not gonna go see it because it's probably gonna be on YouTube. I can't justify three hours of my time to to see that." Fair enough. Three hours is a long time, man. It was. It was. I was down for it, though. I I just, I mean, I've seen it enough times in theater. Like, the next time I watch it, it doesn't have to be in a theater experience for me. 
How many times have you seen it? Three. Really? Yep. I've only seen Same. it once. Wow. Oh no, you slipped. You got to do that again. <laughs> felt like if if it, you know at the end it felt like going to a funeral or going to the hospital and watching somebody die, and I'm like, man, I don't know if I can go through that again. It's, I mean, I love, I love the process. I loved, I love that it was like big fish and and. We're talking about these wild and crazy exploits, and yeah. then he gets carried off to the pool, and or to the lake, and like it just changes. I know that's a crazy reference. I'm sorry, um, <laughs> but I love movies. Uh, but I, 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 I don't think I've recovered mentally. It's a, it's a lot to take in. I mean, from from every aspect of it, even not just the the closing part. You know, knowing that we're not going to see Iron Man and, and Black Widow anymore, but even the journey had, you know, a lot of emotional depth. And um, man, it was just moments to tug at your heartstrings at the very beginning, even though you knew it was going to happen. Yeah. Watching Hawkeye's family get dusted. Yeah. That was wild. Maybe because I'm a parent, that's it affects me differently. But it was that, that was rough me at all. <laughs> that's 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 part of the 30 minutes they could have cut <laughs> i i think also yeah that shouldn't have been in there i i, I think also um uh, it's not just that it's the i think the the what really got me was the amount of time that passed five years is a yeah, long that's... time man yeah man mm-hmm. and a lot had changed in five years, Whew, man, dude, I, I I couldn't imagine having to live with something like that. Just trying to figure out you hadn't seen Thanos, didn't know where he was for five years. Yeah. And you got to live with this every day. Yes. The time really affected me also. Yes. Right. Which is why it was so hard on everybody because they, you know, for that whole five year period, it was failure. They took Thanos out, but that didn't change anything. Man, I can't talk about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> On to better things. <laughs> Happy times, kind of. It was some sad moments mm-hmm. in this one, too. <laughs> Far from home. Before we get into it, we've already kind of given you all some warnings. But this is another official spoiler alert. Because we going all in. Um, if you have not seen Far From Home yet, this is not the episode for you. Because we're going to let you know in the show notes that if you haven't seen it, you shouldn't be shouldn't be listening any further. Come back after you've seen it. We'd love to have you. That being said. We're going to spoil it. <laughs> uh, Smith, you being our guest, man, uh, we'll, we'll give you the floor first. Uh, what are your thoughts just in general? You, nothing. Uh, you know, you can get as specific as, or general as you like. But your overall thoughts of the film? That's one of the best Marvel movies that they've done. And it was unexpected because coming off of Homecoming, I was not a huge fan of Homecoming. I, I, I wanted to... Honestly, I had Spider-Man fatigue. Uh, it was hard mm. for me to go see Into the Spider-Verse. So saw Into the Spider-Verse. It was like, to me, it, it was up there as like one of the best movies of the year. Coming into yeah. this, I was like, okay, I don't know what they're going to do, but, you know, it's a Marvel movie. They can't mess it up. But the right. fact that they were able to excel and take chances and create 
with with a character that's so well known and um, so many people have strong opinions on him. I thought it was um I thought it was one of their best efforts thus far. Jake Gyllenhaal was worth every penny they paid him. He's worth the price of admission. Uh, he was fantastic. Absolutely. He, and, and I'm not a huge fan of Tom Holland as Peter Parker. I love him as Spider-Man. Peter Parker, he there's something not right there, man. Something's missing. Something's... It's like you're trying to find that last little seasoning, man, and it's just, it's just you can't find it, and I, I can't figure it out. But regardless, moving on, it's just absolutely, it was fantastic, man. It was fantastic. Good stuff. Joshua, say you. I did like Homecoming. I thought this was better, and I know a lot of people have said that, you know, it, it failed to capture the feeling of Homecoming or, or capitalize on it. For me, that that wasn't the case. I thought it was just as interesting. I thought it was the right balance of, you know, teen coming of age story kind of in action movie. And I thought, you know, it's, it was a good follow up to kind of like Endgame. I mean, this is this is really the end of the phase. Mm-hmm. So uh, technically it is. So, you know, the, a lot of the questions and it kind of eases you over into what could be next. But you know, I like the, uh, the the casting was was great. You know, I think this is similar to what we were talking about earlier about casting and changing like the race or sex of characters or things like that, and it just makes sense. But you know, like Flash is is pretty. It's pretty. He's a pretty interesting character, and it's yeah. if you're not familiar with it with the comics, you really don't realize that Flash really was like a Spider-Man fan. Mm-hmm. He was all pro Spider-Man, but he was also like a tormentor. To, to Peter Parker. Um, I like that that's captured in this film. I also like, too, um, I think Tom Holland is my favorite actor to play Peter Parker. And I and I liked, there's a scene in there in the movie, and we'll probably talk about it a little later, but it's a scene in there that really shows you just how smart he is. And that's something that you got glimpses of with Tobey Maguire. You didn't see it at all with Andrew Garfield. Like, Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man was, like, in, like, remedial high school or something. But in this scene, it really comes shines through how smart, you know, the 16-year-old kid is. And I, I, I think it was interesting how they, you know, addressed the snap, which is referred to as the blip. Stupid. And kind of, it was, it was just a part of life. Um, people learn to accept it, which I think is kind of, I mean, this movie takes place eight months after Endgame. So that's really kind of soon for people to really be healing from something like that. But... You know, it's Sony and a Marvel collaboration, so it's not going to be really deep in that regard. But right. all in all, I, I really, really enjoyed this movie. I think it's my favorite movie so far that I've seen this summer, because technically Endgame was spring. <laughs> Way to hedge that. <laughs> right. Um. I, I think I would echo you all sentiments the same way, man. It was it was really well done, incredibly. And though there are things that don't appeal to me personally, I don't think that they were done poorly. It just doesn't appeal to me. Like some of the writing, especially in the first act, uh, really the first two, um, I didn't love them. Uh, some of the comedy didn't land with me. But it's because, again, it's, it's personal taste. It wasn't executed poorly at all. I think it was... And credit to the actors, I think, uh, to even get through it, because 
all right, I, I'm about to contradict myself. Some of that writing was a little, yeah. And I guess it's supposed to, you know, be that way because it's to appeal to a teen, teen audience. But um, yeah, some of it was not great. But the I think the performances from the actors, uh, Jake Gyllenhaal was mentioned, and obviously Tom Holland. But um, I have grown to respect Zendaya a lot because I don't know much about her. Um, I know you know her peripherally, but. I think she's a Disney Channel actress or whatever, so I'm not really familiar with her work like that. But she, right. she did a thing in this one. The actor that plays, um, what I can't Ned. Ned. I can't think of Jacob something. Internet, correct me. I'm sorry. Starts um, with a B. I don't know though. Yeah, he did well, although he looks like he's about 25. So that threw me <laughs> off a little bit. <laughs> like, nah, dog, y'all, you ain't in high school no more. <laughs> um, but even him as comic relief, um, I I enjoyed that one scene that i will say and it's just a tiny 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 thing and it doesn't really have a whole lot to do with the story but i thought it was super super dope was probably one of my favorite scenes in the movie and i'm jumping ahead guys so bear with me toward the end oh boy (laughs) when fury (laughs) is standing at the window and he's like you got me yeah i got you and you see maria hill just open up on that man (laughs) because maria hill is such a such a dope character she's been criminally underused in the mcu Mm -hmm. i agree and you know it's even worse though yeah it wasn't really her yeah yeah that that kind of hurt my feelings a little bit Mm -hmm. that kind of hurt my feelings because i was like yes they finally given her something to do but yeah i think uh i I think it's positive reviews all around though it wasn't a perfect movie no 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 it's. I think it's still really enjoyable, and I think it hits more marks than it misses. Agreed. Absolutely. I think it picked up as it as it went along. Um, it it started off meh, and then it was yeah. like, yo, like by the by the end, my mind was blown. Like I can't believe they did that. Yes, mm-hmm. they they jam packed a whole lot into into that third act, a whole yeah. lot. He, and it's funny too because the movie to me felt long, but not in a bad way. Yeah, yeah. Like it was. I guess because like what you guys are saying, there's so much that they're doing in the storytelling and so many layers to the story. Um, that I was, you know, I'm sitting there. And I'm like, you know, it's, I'm like, okay, we're only halfway through. Like, and and we're still not sure exactly which way this is going, or we're we just getting, you know, an inkling of which way it's going. So, um, I think that's you know, kudos to the directing and editing and everything like that and also zendaya i did appreciate her acting in this too because in homecoming she was kind of deadpan so i yeah. feel like that's yeah. not and i don't know i'm not an actor you know i'm just a podcaster no big deal not bragging nice. um, <laughs> but <laughs> but i feel like as an actor like playing a deadpan character is probably pretty easy so in this one when you got to see her you know act like a kid and act like somebody who's less unsure actually you know gives a crap about stuff i thought that was good acting on her part yeah i mean you can see her vulnerability and i think that makes all of that deadpan dry humor flat stuff that she was doing she still did it in this one but that she was doing in homecoming that much more powerful in my opinion because that's clearly a mask right and you could kind of tell that from homecoming but you got to see what was happening behind the mask and you really understand what she's doing like I thought mm-hmm. it was dope, and that scene at the end where there's uh, web slinging, yeah, that 
when you think about like that scene, how they're not really doing that and the way that they're both reacting and playing, that's really good acting at the end. Agreed. That, you know, they're basically they're, they're probably like in a harness. Well, we saw some of the behind the scenes footage of how they were doing it, but you know, that's, that's good acting and the reactions and stuff to <laughs> going around New York city or whatever, wherever they were at. Well, we already gave the spoiler alert going yeah, around know. New York city, you know, 10 stories up. How, how would you react? Mm-hmm. It looks real easy when you're looking at them do it on a page, but <laughs> it's something yeah. totally different if you if you live in it. And they, yeah, they they definitely got that across. Do either of you guys? I don't know if you have played Spider Man and PS4, but have you? Did you pick up on any of the the references or any of the uh, like Easter eggs to the game? No, I, heard I didn't. There were, I didn't I did play it. I have not. Played yeah, that's it, what I heard too. Okay, all right. What are you guys doing on this podcast? Like, hey man, just giving our expert <laughs> opinions. That's all. <laughs> that's it. I'm dropping jewels right. out here, man. I can't, I can't catch them <laughs> all, you know. No Pokemon. All right. Um. <laughs> but I, I have a, I have a question for you all. Okay. At what point did you figure out Mysterio was full of crap? Okay, I had an. Ink- I'm sorry, I'm gonna step up. But I, that, I've been, th- I was thinking about this because I got a, I had a question surrounding this. Okay. When the the last elemental that he defeats, it. He defeated him so fast. Mm-hmm. And essentially, he's supposed to be dead because he joined with this elemental. And he's lying down on the ground. And I'm like, how is this even possible? I'm like, nah, something something might be a little off here. But you know what? I let it go because Hall sold me, man. He goes into the bar. I don't even think about it. I don't even think about it. The kid walks off. <laughs> And then he's, dude, you can see the hologram start to, like, deproject. And I'm like, yo, they fooled me. Like, they legitimately got me. I can't believe they got me. Marvel did it. And I'm pissed. (laughs) That's just a testament to a good story, though. Yes. Yes. I was suspicious of him from the beginning because I'm like. Well, of course. Okay. Another thing I love about this movie, right, is, like. They hyped up the multiverse, right? Like yeah. In the previews, they were mm-hmm. like, he's, he's he's from Earth, not ours. So all of us nerds were like, crap, the multiverse, multiverse is real they're thing. doing it. The snap, you know, all this other stuff, the snap did it. And then they're like, nope. Uh, so I go into the movie and I'm like, okay, in what universe is Quentin Beck or Mysterio a good guy? Right. He isn't one. So I was he's never of one. him. Right. So I was suspicious from the beginning, but I was just wondering what his angle was or what he wanted from uh, Peter or Fury or what he was trying to get from uh, playing them. And then when when he defeated the last Elemental and he's like, he like you said, he went through him and, and then he's just laying on the ground and he like pops up and like, let's get a drink. Like, no, you need to, you need a hospital. Like, you should yeah, be like, how are you? Dying. Yeah. How are you? OK, you went through lava, dog. Right. <laughs> Dude, you Living, merged with lava. this guy. You merged with him. How? Yeah, so I was suspicious and just, just kind of waiting for him to, to play his hand. Interestingly what, enough, what his angle was. Fantastic. I went into the film thinking, I, like, they sold me on a multiverse because it makes sense to me, right? Everything that just happened with uh, Endgame, you know, with the snap and all the energy that happened with that, the fact that we know the Eternals are coming. And there's all this cosmic stuff that's going to be taking place in the future that we already know about. I was sold. They got me right. Multiverse. That makes mm-hmm. sense. So I had no reason to doubt, at least going into the film, that Mysterio was going to be a hero. I thought it was weird when they first said it, but I'm like, you know what? This, I you can, can, you can, I can see this. It. 
Right. It's a multiverse. So, okay, there could be a place where Mysterio was a hero. But then we start watching the film. And I started getting some ideas with the first two elementals, just because the way he was moving around them just looked weird. And I noticed there was something that he was doing that looked very similar to how Dr. Strange yeah. mm-hmm. uses his hands. Like the the shapes that you would see, it was the triangle. Yeah, yeah, the triangle, right? And I was like, okay, well, that's weird. Why would that be? Because I know Mysterio is not magic for real. He's been a special effects dude. So what's happening here? So that mm-hmm. gave just got the wheels turning a little bit, but I let it go. But like you guys, by the time we got to that last one, I'm like, hold on, this is yeah, something something right here. But Gyllenhaal did. He sold it. He definitely sold it. Mm-hmm. He had me, man. The moment yeah. that I figured out for sure that he was full of crap. Was when Peter gave him the glasses. I'm like, nope, this ain't this is this is not good. <laughs> this is not mm-hmm. good. And then immediately after that, you know, we get that confirmed. And what's so dope about it is, Gyllenhaal flips the switch immediately. Yeah, he goes from one type of dude to another type of dude, and he's believable in both right away. He's like, all right, mm-hmm. show's over. Let's yeah. let's let's get do this, this stupid thing off me. Mm-hmm. Like, let's do this. And the whole thing makes perfect sense to me at that point. Yes, because they go back to Civil War. Yep. When Tony had on those glasses and he he was using them for his own personal therapy and he changed the name to Barf. Bruh. Mm -hmm. And it's such... it almost You know what? From now on, Marvel will not get me because it felt like (laughs) a throwaway. I remember watching Civil War like, why is this in here? And it felt so disposable. Yes. And to see that they brought it back, like well, I'm gonna say that scene too was setting up um, the issue. The that was the last time Tony had seen his parents, so they were they were laying that emotional crap out for the audience. Right. 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 But they could have done that any but, other way. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Marvel that's what I'm saying. Together. Like, why would they use that technology? For me, I actually just thought of it as a way for the de aging technology to be introduced. To the like the real world audience, Marvel that's, getting you again. That's all they, I thought. They about showed you that. like, dude. They showed you two or three different different reasons why it it was in there legitimately, and then mm-hmm. they they bring it back later to show you how they used it again. Like they did. They crazy genius stuff. That's it. Really good is. Writing. It really is. And it just goes to show how big of an impact Spider uh, Iron Man is on Peter's world in general. Right. It's definitely the connection between. Peter and Tony, mm-hmm. but everything that Peter is experiencing, think about it. Both bad guys that he's come across in this case have been disgruntled Stark flunkies. Hmm. That was the same yeah. issue with the Vulture, Stark yeah. tech. And now, now but I mean, Stark Stark world. affected the world on a global scale. So that's right. real. That's real. That's real. I just found it interesting that he keeps getting cleaning up the messes that, yeah. that Tony's creating. And I have a theory. That may or may not come to fruition because there's no real comic basis for it. But what's up with Harley? Right. Wasn't he supposed to be the heir apparent to Tony Stark from Iron Man 3? The kid? Yeah. Oh, right. No, nah, man. That's um, why he no. was at the he was at the funeral by himself. Correct. No, nah. <laughs> nah. correct. I mean, but, maybe they yeah. use him later. Like they used the guy that uh, Obadiah Stane was yelling at. 
<laughs> Box of scraps. They brought him back. This, I, mean, I don't think they're going to use real. the kid, though. Maybe, maybe not. I don't see why they wouldn't, though, because it's a natural, it is a natural fit, especially going along the pattern that we've seen thus far, right? Every every time, you know, Spider-Man has had a, a solo film, it has been somehow tied to Stark. And right. that, why wouldn't he be jealous of Peter Parker? Or why wouldn't he be jealous of Spider-Man, knowing that they had that connection? Not Not necessarily knowing... You know that he's Peter Parker, although he knows now. Um, it just it may it may come to nothing, but that's one of those things that I'm just gonna file away, right? Because um, I'm I'm like you, G. Y'all not gonna get me again. Like you don't just put these little things in there for no reason, right? That's fair. I mean, and that's 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 what they do. This this is what Marvel does so well. That it, it's the details that it's the little things that you don't. You you just kind of gloss over, but they introduce it, and they don't sit on it. Nope. They just show it to you. Say, hey, you know this is this is going on right now. Right. You either get it or you don't get it. And then bam, <laughs> you yep. like what? Whoa, man, what? Huh? Years later, I like to pose a question uh, to the panel. Absolutely. Real quick, did you have? Did you guys ever think that when you picked up a Spider-Man comic and they said that? Mysterio was a disgruntled actor or uh, like behind the scenes guy and the way that he was getting Spider-Man was he was using he called himself like a master of illusion but he was using special effects mm-hmm. did right. you ever think that they would be able to translate that into a movie and do it so well because when you when you see who who Mysterio really is, you see him later, this guy actually does have the globe on his head. Yes. Yes. It's nuts. So I'm going to pose that. That's, that's my question. Nah. I, I mean, honestly, if, if you know, we're, we're, what, seven movies in with Spider-Man, um, just his own movies, I never would have thought Mysterio would be a villain. And I never would have thought that the special effects guys or the director would get it that right and portraying like how how he was in the comic books and how he used illusions and, and you know smoke and mirrors to fight Spider-Man or you know or be a menace. So I I was I was super super thrilled with how it turned out. Like you know I was watching when we, when you're watching the scene with the um, when he's in Germany and uh, Fury gets shot and then you know he's changing Spider-Man's costumes Dude, and all this other stuff. That's the best to me. That's the best scene in the movie. Yes, yeah, and I was reading. And the, the end is dope. But to me, that's the best scene in the movie. I was reading a review, and they were talking about like the movie turned into like CGI mess, and I'm like, "What are you talking like?" No, 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 that's no, no, somebody no, no. commenting on somebody who doesn't understand the material. Yes, correct. Yes, correct. Because it's that's correct. that's Mysterio showing you his full capability. He yes. didn't know where he was at all, and we didn't either. No, and and, and next either. thing you know, he falls out of a building, mm-hmm. bruh, and then he thinks that. He sees Fury get shot before, earlier, but he thinks that Fury shoots back. Yes. And he's Fury. Man. Yes. Dog, it is. And what's, what I did not expect, I didn't know how they would pull it off. I really didn't. You know, because I'm like, all right, special effects in 2019. Everybody's got smartphones and, you know, imaging, you know, reproduction and, and manipulation that has been done. So I'm like, how do you fool a 16 year old in 2019 yes, with just, you know, rubber masks and 
literal smoke and mirrors it ain't gonna work yeah mm-hmm. you gotta you, put him in the element correct and you have to keep him emotionally off balance yeah. and that's mm-hmm. what happened yes my bad it's not just the scene it's not just the things that are around him you distract him with everything else yes. right you you introduce yourself and say i lost my family oh plus sorry to cut you off jb but um before you know i, I don't want to lose my thought hopefully you don't either but Another thing with Beck, like, why did they trust this dude so much? Like, like, yeah, he's it didn't make sense. Was, yeah, because they don't show you a backstory; they just no, show no. you no. in Mexico you know, where they first, you know, run into him. Right, and, I, and then you find out that it's not even been; it's been like a couple of days between Mexico and and Europe happening. So it's like he; it's not like he even had a lot of time with to build up a rapport with Fury. Fury vouched for him. I think that's another reason why you know we were able to get God a little bit is because we knew at the time we thought that was Fury and it wasn't. Right. Fury had vouched for him, so if, right. if he because he's the if master he of intel. Of Fury, exactly. If he passed muster of Fury, he must be who he is. Yeah. And then when you find out he's not, and I think that's another thing like that goes along with what you're saying, JP, about playing into his his psyche and and keeping him off balanced because this is somebody. You know, Nick Fury is the man. He's the legend. He knows everything, and he's wrong. Right. You're a 16 year old kid. What do you? How? How are you smarter? No more than Fury. Than Fury. Even though you are yeah. smarter than him, but yeah. Which is another thing. That was another string that Mysterio pulled. Never apologize for being the smartest person in the room. Yeah, there's I nothing, caught that too. There's yeah. nothing more arrogant than a 16 year old boy. Nothing. Nothing on earth. And for him to play him both ways like that, he was. He was. Working him like Geppetto from the beginning. I didn't think that was him actually like working him or manipulating him. I think that was him giving him advice because. No, but that's how he got you. He's no, not no, giving exactly. him advice. Was, His story exactly. isn't real. No, it, was, it, was, exactly. it was twofold because. It, no, no, it was twofold because look at it this way. Like Peter, we all know he's in, he's in a smart high school and everything like that. Right. But in, in Homecoming, as good as it was. What scene in that movie lets you know how smart Peter is? That scene that we're talking about when they, when they started talking about no, no, the multiverse. I said, I said in Homecoming. No, Homecoming. Oh, are homecoming. you talking about when he, was in the, uh, when he was in the shop room? There's no scene in Homecoming that really shows how high his intellect is, except for this scene in uh, Far From Home, which means he's downplaying it. Because right. he is, even though he's in a smart school, he is smarter than a lot of the people around him. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think in Beck telling him it was twofold. Yeah, he's manipulating him, but at the same time, because his game plan wasn't to ever have to kill Peter or anything like that. So I think at the same time, it was actual advice, you know, like, hey, don't don't dumb yourself down for other people. Nah, that was pure Then he told him to chase the girl. Yeah. He told yeah, him to chase yeah, yeah. Mary. Yeah, go after her, man. Yeah, go. Yep. Go. Leave we got this. With me. Yeah. Yeah, he won him out the way, but I'm, that that scene for me hit different than him just just manipulating him, because I think it was not that because they kind of portrayed it too, like when he was on the roof after he screwed. I think he screwed something up, and Mysterio went up there and sat next to him, kind of like the mentorship of like that Tony gave him and stuff, and they were trying to like play that angle too. Yeah, and he knew that. Um, he knew that. Yeah, he knew all of that, and he knew what buttons to push. That's why I think that the compliment was the manipulation because yes peter is downplaying his intelligence because he's struggling with that that's why i say that that what i said you know nothing is more arrogant than a 16 year old boy and that's true and peter is struggling with that right he's look i'm way smarter than just about everybody that i'm talking to my strength is off the charts 
but he still keeps trying to be the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Because his confidence isn't there. Correct. And he because he's constantly downplaying it, though. Like, he's he has been forcing himself into humility, for lack of a better word. And I think from that comes a lack of confidence because you do it so much, you downplay it so much that you may start to lose a bit of confidence. So now somebody is boosting that confidence up. You like, you know what? You you start to believe in yourself a little bit more and you are drawn to this person, at least in the moment. And you feel like some sort of a connection because, yeah, this dude recognized how smart I am. All right. I'm feeling myself a little bit. Plus, we we got some camaraderie here. Um, he suffered loss like I have. So he understands where I'm coming from. He's lost his father figure in, in Tony's twice. <laughs> Happy better watch out. Uh <laughs> Hey, happy dirty anyway. (laughs) Happy is dirty anyway on two accounts. One, come on, man. This is that's dirty pool anyway. You should not be after this dude's auntie. Why not? If it happens, it happens. Yes, that's that's not okay. But but I'm just saying, if for no other reason than the fact that you know Tony was trying to hit too. But Tony, Tony wasn't trying to. Come on, Tony was just messing around at that time. Where was Pepper in homecoming? Tony was trying to hit Joe. Wait a minute, Pepper was in homecoming. Was she in homecoming? Yeah. She was she at was the end, man. She sure was. She sure was. <laughs> she was standing there with him when he was about to talk to the audience. Yeah, right. yeah. He set up the press conference. You're right. All right, so maybe he was just being flirtatious. <laughs> That's all he was doing, man. That he was being Tony. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know. I mean, I just, I just, my, my, initially the interaction for me between Mysterio and uh, Peter weren't all malicious. It was... I think he was giving him, you know, I mean, the advice he was giving him benefited him, but at the same time, it wasn't, you know, it was, it was double edged. I don't know, but I don't don't think think so. It was all a means to an end. That's right. It wasn't necessarily that he wanted to kill him. So it wasn't malicious in the, in the sense that he needs to die, but it was definitely with a purpose. I need, I need them glasses. Plus is Quentin Beck his real name? I don't think so. It is. But then wouldn't Fury, and, well, it wasn't Fury, but wasn't Fury. wouldn't somebody that, have done a background check and been like, wait a minute, exactly. this dude worked at, this dude ain't, you know what I'm saying? Like, he ain't from right. another world. This dude worked at, uh, right. at Tony's company. Got fired. Yeah. But think about it, though. Disgruntled employee. But, but they could have they um, explained it away because it's a multiverse. So guess what? There's more than one Nick Fury. There's more than one Peter Parker. There's more than one... Mer- yeah. Wow, well, you're going to have to show me the gate then so I can sneak yeah, a that's what that's that's saying, the, And so. that's what the but real Nick, Nick Fury would have said. They got us all. Yeah. Another thing, too, that kind of got me that doesn't make sense, and I like that this movie tied it up. Like, all these things that were questioned, like Nick Fury's... Uh, like, the things that passed him, quote-unquote, because it wasn't really him... But like, why did he need Spider-Man so bad to, to in this fight? You know, if you're fighting elementals, like how good is right. running against water? It's not right. So why do you need Spider-Man so bad? And I, I know they kind of addressed it by saying like Thor was off world. Nobody else was around. Yeah, you can reach. Which those is some people. bull crap, by yeah. the way. Right, you can reach those people. Um, War machines around. Cap should have been around. around. Winter soldiers around. And speaking of Cap, and I don't want to go back to Endgame, but come on, like. They solved aging. <laughs> but I, I like how they addressed all of that because usually it's those, those you know, loose threads that kind of, you know, you pick at at the end of the movie. You're like, well, that doesn't make sense. Well, now it does make sense because we know it wasn't Nick Fury. 
Right. And we know that um, Peter ultimately had something that Beck wanted, and that's why he was manipulating, quote unquote, Fury to involve Spider-Man. Because there are so many other heroes who could have <laughs> who could have been more helpful than Spider-Man. And I think somehow, for something like this. I don't think I don't remember them explaining it. Perhaps they did. But perhaps Beck knew that the glasses were coded for Parker. Somehow mm-hmm. he manipulated them to say, hey, we need Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't remember that being explained. But to me, that would make that would make sense. And he'd be like, yeah, we need somebody else like right now. Right. And they figured, well, the smartest guy that we know that's that's left is Parker. <laughs> Parker. Like, yeah. Who the, else? Who the else? Hulk would it is be? still around, though. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's like I mean, you want another genius. Hulk is still around, and yeah, that's a good point. But I was he around? I don't know. Yeah, Look, I don't. I don't get caught up in. <laughs> I can't get caught up in the minutia of of right. why Peter Parker um, was blessed with this opportunity. But all I can say is I enjoy. It. And please let me let me add this on top of it. Marvel pays attention to detail. Now, mm-hmm. I believe that if there's something missing from a particular movie, they will come back and address it. Yeah. And I think that's one of the I think that's one of the things that they're going to have to address is how how do we get to to Peter Parker being in this um situation over let's say the Hulk or let's say somebody else. Right. But I believe I believe it has everything to do with the glasses and that he knew that the glasses were only coded for Tony and for Parker. So he needed he needed Parker somehow, right. somehow, some way he had to get him and then he could manipulate him and get the glasses off of him. No, I think you're right. And I think th- no matter what, I think that they manipulated the the um, the situation to involve Peter Parker. Yeah. Um, now, you mentioned the glasses, and I kind of had some speculation about the glasses from Far From Home, and I turned out to be wrong. I initially expected the glasses to be an AI, but I thought it was going to be like Tony's. Tony voice? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought so, too. And, I appreciated that I, it wasn't. Yeah. I thought the in-game end scene would be, initially when they were like, oh, we released a new scene, Like I'm like, well, I wonder what it could be. And I thought it was going to be Tony and like a hologram or something. Yeah. And I thought that was what the glasses were going to be. And then when I found out they weren't, I was like, okay, I'm glad. It's nice to see Peter kind of getting out of Tony's shadow. And I like, too, the message in the movie is like, there's only one Iron Man and be Spider-Man. You don't have to be Iron Man. Yeah. Right. And we got to see that for the first time with the, I I think it was appropriate that it pretty much ended with him web slinging. Because Mm -hmm. that, I think that was kind of a case closed. A little on the nose, sure, but... If nothing else, it I think that is him stepping out of Tony's shadow, right? This is a decidedly Spider-Man thing to do. Mm-hmm. And for us to end with that, I think was pretty dope. I, I'd like to also add a little smidgen of synergy at the end of this movie. I am Spider-Man. Like, <laughs> like his 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 identity is uh, revealed and they even had his his uh, his his high school picture. I don't know how they yeah, got that. Yeah, man. That's uh. This so this thing me, is going in a whole other direction, man. I love the ending. I love the um the reveal. The J. Jonah Jameson broadcast, which is that's yes. something he does in the Spider Man games. 
like oh, he would just okay. pop up with his podcast. I think it's, he has a podcast or a radio show or something. So as you're swinging through the city, it's like this update. And it's always this just crap about Spider-Man or you know or whatever the the villains in the game. Um, so I really really like that, but have had a couple of days to think about it, and it's like talked with a couple of people too, but it's a big reveal where you're like crap like what are they gonna what's coming next you know like they just revealed Mysterio reveals who spider-man is yes because at that point in time i don't know if it was if they said that spider-man was involved in what happened in, in london at all so now he's there he's placing spider-man there he's revealing who he is that it was all his fault and then he's still saying he's from another dimension and there was something he said earlier in the game he's like people will believe anything anything now. Yep, mm-hmm. which is a big statement, but at the same time, everything that he said can be disproved because he's Quentin Beck. He's a former Stark employee. You know what I mean? Like you can go back and, and walk back his statement and be like, "Look, this is this dude is just pissed at this kid because Tony left him an inheritance because he has a good intellect and blah blah blah, and he he was overlooked for it, so he created all this stuff." So. I mean, for the diehard conspiracy theorist and like the J. Jonah Jamesons, they may not buy that. But if you have somebody like, well, not Nick Fury, because he's not really known publicly. But if you have like a government official come out and be like, no, this dude's full of crap. We discovered this plot, blah, blah, blah. You can explain away that reveal. Assuming was going to do it, though. That's assuming that Quentin Beck is who he says he is. Exactly. We don't know for sure that he's not a scroll. You don't know that he if he's dead or not. Exactly. We don't know anything. That's that's it's been super open ended. Might I add the same thing with the previous villain, right? He's in jail, but he ain't been dealt with and he no. plus he uh, met with Scorpion. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And he already had what's his name? Shocker. Are we building mm-hmm. a new Sinister Six? Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they're doing it. That was completely unexpected. And and props to Marvel. They always get it right, man. They always get it right. They could have had anybody. They could have had anybody come in and play J. Jonah Jameson. But they get mm-hmm. they got it right. They went to J.K. Simmons. Look, we know that you played uh, in that other sandbox. <laughs> we need you back. But they, could they really have gotten anybody? He was perfect. What I mean by that is like, you know, another studio might have taken that stand like, all right, we just need somebody, you know, we can get somebody that's J.K. Simmons like. Mm-hmm. Actually, I heard a, a a fan casting years ago for Ice Cube as J. Jonah Jameson, which would have been interesting. It's not the same. It's not going to have it wouldn't hit the same way. That would have been an interesting way to go. I would like to see that, actually. Yeah, it wouldn't have been bad. We already saw that, though, right? 21 Jump Street. Yikes. You're right. You're right. It would have been oh, just you that. Said, you said Ice Cube. I'm thinking Ice T. Oh, no, that would have been terrible. That would have been even worse. <laughs> That's the one I want to see, though. Good Lord, no. Both <laughs> both of them dudes are one-note actors, <laughs> and Ice T is the worst of the two. But that being said, you know, Marvel knew what was going to get the most bang for the buck, and... I remember reading a, a Kevin Feige article or article that he was quoted in, and I guess he that was a, a part of the process very early on. And I guess that's the Marvel influence on the Sony film, because I think left up to their own devices, they probably wouldn't have attempted to or been able to get J.K. Simmons to reprise that. Now, not that I'm the uh, conspiracy theorist of this podcast. I think we all know who that person is. 
But I will absolutely wear that <laughs> proudly. But does does the casting of uh, J.K. Simmons as Jameis said support that there may in fact be a multiverse? No, no. I am hearing things. It it did make me think. Could they get Garfield? They could get Garfield, right? Because Garfield cried when they told him they weren't going to make a third Spider Man. I mean, why? Nobody wants him back, though. Why couldn't they? Why couldn't they get him? Why can't they get Tobey Maguire? They can. They can get all of them. That's what I'm saying. Marvel got more money than, or Disney got more money than anybody. Well, and that's the thing, too, in that hearing, um, Tom Holland. And I don't know if this is a, a spoiler or not, but he was saying he's he originally was supposed to have a cameo in into the Spider Verse. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Tobey yeah, Maguire was, was. Have a cameo in that, and Tobey Maguire was supposed to have a cameo too. Like originally, Tobey Maguire was going to be the voice of Peter B. Parker, but then they thought it might be too confusing for for people. Yeah, would have threw me off. No. I like what they got, Chris Pine. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, is and and I don't believe it. But I'm just I'm just. Some actors just own the role, so right. I get that. But at the same time, it's like, is it kind of fun to talk and say, hey, Marvel kind of slapped down the multiverse thing early on, or not early on, but in this movie, but could there actually be one? Because yes, it's the same actor. He looks a little different. He's bald. There could um, be one. one. I don't think they're going to do it, though. No, I don't either, but I do. I want to play JB for now. I do. I think that I think that the multiverse is still something that is potentially out there i don't know that you know the presence of J. Jonah jameson is what does it but i'm not willing to go with just because you know mysterio is clearly a liar and and that was clearly you know proven um that that debunks the notion of there being a multiverse i still think that that's something that could exist especially considering that they still have to introduce or reintroduce an entire race of people, man. And I just cannot figure out in my brain how they make this happen. The multiverse makes sense to me. That's a way I could see that happening. Well, with the squirrels? No, no, no. The mutants. mutants. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, this wasn't the movie multiverse for that. Multiverse is too easy, though. <laughs> this this wasn't the movie for that. No, no, no. And I don't, I don't expect that they're going to address that anytime soon. But No, I don't think they're this, ready to address it. Oh, I'm sure they got a plan. And that could be a way to do it, right? Just like, you know, you you hit the nail on the head earlier with Barf and how the payoff is. What is that? Five movies later? That's how that could work out. So as of now, you know, the idea is that, look, the multiverse is debunked, right? Because Mysterio said it. He's a liar. That was part of his backstory to make this thing happen. So we don't think about it anymore until five more movies where it potentially pays off. I don't know. My mind just keeps working with this. That's why. But that's kind of why I think the multiverse is is a thing. I do, especially since I think they want to somehow tie up, you know, all of these disconnected universes like the Venom movie is a thing. Apparently, they're still doing a black cat thing. Morbius, uh, I believe they're shooting it now. So all of these, you know, spider adjacent films happening without actually without spider-man being there these are all sony films i don't know when the marvel sony agreement is up like how many movies they have but that's gonna have to be addressed so that's the thing though it's 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 marvel's universe and and they can choose who they allow to play in it so if they they don't have the rights to spider-man at all that they're still sony they're still a sony property 
No, I get that. But what I'm saying is like these other offshoots like Craven and and uh, Black Cat and Venom and Venom 2 and all this other stuff that can all exist. And, and Marvel can be like, if you want these included in our universe going forward, this is what you have to do. And they're going right. to have to be partners or Marvel's going to take the lead like they've done with these Spider-Man movies to fit those in because they're not going to take the stuff that happened prior and try to force it in. Like they're not going to take X-Men. They're not going to take Fantastic. No, I don't think so. Or Venom or anything like that and try to get it to fit. Venom, I would question. I think there have been seeds planted for Venom and you kind of hinted on it a little bit when you were talking about Flash and, and his his character. Manji Smith were talking about that earlier in the week, actually, about Flash. Actually, I'll, I'll, I'll fall back if you want to Share your theory. My theory? Mm-hmm. About Flash. I had a theory? <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I'll pick up the ball with it. Yeah, when we, we were talking about um, his just his character arc or what he's been doing. Oh, right, 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 right. Uh, that, yeah, that goes along with like little tidbits in the movie. But yeah, I'm Correct. sorry. How they made it a point to say that his mother didn't pick him up at the airport. It's like, who is his mother? Oh, you th- think she's like the doctor from... Um Venom? I'm not sure. Mm. Not even that. Oh. I didn't think about that. I'm not sure who she is, but they I know it means something. Indian. That could be. I didn't even think. I mean, that's an easy connection to have been made. There. That would work because then. Wait that's a minute. That's automatic but his, tie right there. But didn't she die? He killed her mm-hmm. in that movie. Right. Interesting. Mm. So maybe not. There's ways you can tie it in. Well, where I was kind of going with that was um, the fact that his mom didn't come and they made a point for us to see that. There's a darkness that happens in a situation like that, right? Abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. You just start getting mad at the world. That's an easy thing. If, you know, the Flash Thompson that we know ever comes in contact with the symbiote, like, who knows? They go to San Francisco in the next movie or what's his name is in New York City. You know, they somehow come in contact. It's, it's an easy tie, mm-hmm. I guess. There, I guess the point that he and I were kind of discussing was that um, there's something to that. Marvel just doesn't drop these breadcrumbs in for no reason. Okay. Yeah, man, we could do this thing forever. Just like Endgame, like, uh, it, it's it's a lot to it. And you guys will hear hear more from us coming up. You know how long we held on to Endgame, so I'm quite sure we're going to be talking about this one for a while. Because there's, there's stuff out there. Yeah. And we really it's didn't get into the scrolls, movie. for real. We, we made references to them, but uh, there's a lot of a lot of ways we can go with that. And we will. I think uh, we, we, we've talked to people to death on this one, Josh. Maybe we should give them some homework and set them free, huh? What do you think? For now, I guess. Um, <laughs> I, mean, I actually do have some homework for you guys this week. My recommendation uh, for you guys to check out is a comic book series called Kinetic. It's by Y Comics out of uh, Seattle, Washington. Small, independent press and... The premise of the story is, I can't remember the name of the city. I think it's like Verlo City. Um, Basically, the city already has a superhero. He's like an Iron Man type armored superhero. And there's someone else who thinks he can do a better job as as a superhero because the one that they have isn't doing his best for everyone. So it's an eight issue run. It's a fun read. I think I got through it all within two days and I really enjoyed it. So it's called Kinetic by uh, Y Comics, and you can find them actually at Wizard World. And that's where I met the the writer, creator, 
and I, I know that they're going to be, he's going to be at Wizard Worlds throughout the country. The covers are by some well-known artists um, like Jason Metcalf and Ivan Nunez. I really enjoyed it. It was a pretty interesting take on the on the typical superhero story, and you know that someone decides to step up before even really realizing that they have superpowers and what they can do. So I think the the foundation is there to keep going and create something larger and, and the writing to get tighter and everything like that. But it's definitely worth uh, reading. You know, support local artists and and step outside the big the big two or big two and a half if you consider uh dark horse big awesome you know thank you guys for uh tuning in as always um you can find us on social media and instagram at views from the back of the class underscore pod you can shoot us an email at viewspod at gmail.com you can actually we're in we're in twitter we're not uh we're not super active there yet, but yeah, we're getting there. It's it's just a different world. <laughs> not to sound like an old man. You can find us on Twitter at at the other N word. Or you can reach us by phone. You can call or text us at 312-521-0527. Don't forget, if you like our show like subscribe and also recommend to a friend because that is how we continue to grow and with that class dismissed